Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actress Patina Miller. After her breakout starring role in Sister Act on the West End and Broadway, and her Tony-winning turn as the leading player in the 2013 revival of Pippin, Miller is back on Broadway as the witch in the buzzy new production of Stephen Sondheim's fairy tale musical Into the Woods. Meanwhile, on TV, you can watch her play a tough single mother, expanding her family's criminal empire on Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, currently airing its second season on Stars. Now Miller is in the virtual studio with me to talk returning to Broadway, reviving Sondheim, and the surprising links between her current roles on stage and on screen. Hey, Patina, thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. So Into the Woods is kind of the show of the summer on Broadway uh, this year. It kind of swooped in and it's super popular and it keeps extending. What's it like to be in the show that everyone's talking about? <laughs> I mean, I'd be lying if I if I said it wasn't cool. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Um, we're having such a great time. It's It's just exciting. I think, right, for the summer, like people need it and you know, with Stephen Sondheim no longer with us, it's just such a wonderful way to celebrate his work, celebrate the gene, the genius that is him and this beautiful piece of art, like Into the Woods. So, yeah, we feel incredibly blessed. Yeah. And so the Broadway production was pulled together after an encore production in the spring that was uh, really well received. And you were not in the encore production. Did you get a chance to see that? I did not. I did okay. not get to see it. No. And and so when and how did you get involved in in the Broadway version? Um. So I guess basically right after they ended, I guess there were these rumors that it was transferring, and yeah. my agents and managers called me and said, "Hey, there's this possible thing happening. 
Um, just wanted to make you aware. And then a few other conversations happened. And then one day I picked up the phone and they were like, hey, you have an offer to play the witch on Broadway. Yeah. Now, listen, I had done it in 2019. At the yeah, Hollywood tell me about Bowl. that. Yeah. Yeah. At the Hollywood uh, Bowl. So tell me about that. I mean, it was a glorious experience yeah. playing opposite Sutton Foster and Cheyenne Jackson and Skylar Aston and Sierra Boggess. I mean, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I am a new mother. I was more new at that point. Yeah. So my take on the witch started to kind of, I started to craft my own take on it, you know, because th something that's been done iconically by these, these wonderful women, I wanted to do my own thing, yeah. you know? And so that was my first opportunity to really work with the material and figure out what I want to say and how can I put my own thing in it. And I immediately went to the mother daughter connection because I have a daughter and I let that guide me. So it was great to do it for three days. And it stuck with me after singing those songs and, and, and playing the Hollywood Bowl in such a fantastic way. And then seeing how it was received in L.A. and how many people loved it and needed it at that moment. I hoped that I would have the opportunity to play the witch again. So when this opportunity came back in May, I uh, jumped at the chance to, to do it again. Yeah, that it's I, I imagine Into the Woods must be one of the hardest shows to play any character and feel like it's you're not doing for you, Bernadette Peters or, totally. you know, like Joanna Gleason. Like, I feel like so many of us were raised on that PBS yes. uh, recording, PBS, right? Baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how how did you did you were there any strategies for how you thought about kind of really personalizing it and making it your own? Um, you know, yeah, I wanted to tap into these to these lyrics in my own way. Um, I am very familiar with Sondheim, familiar yeah. with his work. And, you know, I've been singing this music since I was 21. Yeah. It meant something very different at 21 than it did at 35. And so for me, I love to bring an honesty to it, as we all do. Yeah. Well, some, you know, maybe not everyone, but I don't know that. But what yeah. I like to do is bring some honesty and some truth. And so I tried to to you know honor what bernadette had done by listening to it and sort of you know seeing what was done there you know going back to the pbs special but then trying to figure out okay what can i say now so many years later what was so great about it then can we stick with what that feeling is because that is amazing and mm -hmm. you know that's why people love it because of the message how can i do something different that really resonates with where we are in today's society. Yeah. And for me, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask. I was like, that, please tell me how you think it resonates today as opposed to, to then. That was my next question. I mean, listen, James Apine, when our first day of rehearsal, he said to all of us in the room that the show has always shown up when we needed it. You know, mm -hmm. back when it was done the first time, it was right, you know, during the AIDS crisis, you know, and then when it was done back again, it was right after 9-11. And so here we are in a post-COVID world, um, you know, attack on women's rights, so many things like, you know, uh, uh, people of color, you know, like there's so many issues that we have been dealing with now, you know, the George Floyd of it, the George Floyd of it all, like yeah. all of these things, these topics and these giants basically that have made themselves so big you know, in the past few years, I think this was the perfect opportunity to to revisit the piece and and try and you know pull all pull all of those different things out for people to kind of just get some sort of 
something off their chest, right? When they when they hear those when they hear the music, you know, I think of of theater is as therapy in church in a way where we can go to the theater and hear something we need to hear and be transformed and leave the theater hopeful, you know. Um, and so that's what this show means now, not just to me, but for so many people that I've had the conversations with when I look out into the audience and I see women clutching their daughters crying, when I see men having such um, a reaction to the material, we need it, you know, and to be out of the theater for so long, wanting so much to be in a community and to connect and, and have a piece sort of like express what you've been feeling is incredible. So I, you know, I'm having the best time. And I think everyone who comes to see the show are having a great time. So do you have a sense of how the witch you are, your witch now in 2022 has evolved from the witch you played in 2019? Not only the fact that you're, you're a less new mother, but, um, you know, just everything that's happened to all of us uh, during the last several years, do you have a sense of how your how your witch is different? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel this strong, strong desire to protect my daughter more than anything and to shield her from all of the things, you know, in life. And, and, and I, there is this set, this this lioness within me that knows what the world is and and how beautiful it is, but how horrible it can be. And to watch this young person grow up with this brightness and, you know, this joy to know what, what the world is, you know, it makes you emotional you you're excited for for the journey but you're terrified and so for me the witch tapping into that wanting so desperately to mother you know wanting so desperately to have this connection but have this dilemma of being you know disfigured she didn't ask for it it wasn't her fault and coming up with all of these scenarios of if i weren't like this my my life would be different you know being punished by her mother it's not her fault, you know, and, and, and because she's this witch, how people see her, how the world sees her and views her and treats her different has caused her sometimes to act in certain ways. So I started to really break down the witch's soul, like what's in there. And at the heart of it, it's just a woman, a mother who wants to be with her daughter more than anything, who wants to keep her safe. And in doing that, does some really stupid things. You know, she makes the one mistake out of fear, out of anxiety, out of these things to physically harm her child, you know, and that is something that she can never go back from. And so the rest of the show, she's trying to put those pieces together and it's just so devastating, you know, and, and I thought, you know, Lear and I talked a lot about what we wanted yeah. to say with this role, what we this wanted is, to this say. This is Lear DeBessonet, the director. Sorry, beg your yes. pardon. Go on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go she on. So, so tell me fantastic. more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, listen, Lear walked into the rehearsal seven months pregnant and we started, to, we were talking about the piece and, you know, we really talked so much about the witch and, and where her ferociousness comes from. And she's ferocious because she's on a time clock like everyone else. And you must see her desperation and her fierceness and the savagery in her because she wants something so bad. And that is the connection, the pain, you know, the pain of losing your child. And we really wanted to get that. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's a lot to that's a lot to to chew on. Well, at the same time, I imagine it was must have been very useful to come into this 
relatively speedy rehearsal process having done the part before, right? Yeah, because it allowed me to jump into making choices, you know, yeah. like, well, listen, with all the doom and gloom of the process, what I love so much about it is that there is so much lightness to it as well. There's there, there, you know, the lightness of the first act. And honestly, there's yeah. so many moments with the witch that aren't just ferociousness, that there are some light, right. funny, comedic moments. So knowing the piece, it allowed me to jump in to attack the material, play with my fellow actors who you listen, I have to say I have the privilege of working with some fantastic it's literally the MVP of yeah. <laughs> of performers. And to be in a room with each one of them with each one of them and to be so just inspired and 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 learn from all of them, you know, everyone really brought their A game to this material and to this process because it was so fast and furious. We just threw things out and we all went with it. And mm -hmm. we created this beautiful things because everyone was open yeah. and ready. Yeah. Do you have a particular favorite moment to perform or a favorite song of yours that you uh, really enjoy doing every night? I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, The Last Midnight obviously is a great number. I love it for, for the acting in it. I love, yeah. I love the, you know, all of the things that happened, all the things that happened in that song at the very end of the show, um, you know, and doing that at each night and trying a new tack to, to get to, to, you know, the, the four of the people on stage, um, that was really fun. But, you know, I also, because again, I'm a mother, I love how beautiful and how sad stay with me is and how it's like this beautiful, sad lullaby for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So for me, those two numbers, are um are super special to perform every night. I also feel like there's always the technical challenge of just singing Sondheim lyrics, particularly when you're singing I about mean, greens. I mean, well, the witches rap, and you yep. know that witches, <laughs> the witches rap. Let me tell you, <laughs> it keeps me on my toes. But once you really break it down, mm. you break it down into a monologue like I did. You know, and I'm sure we all do when whoever's done the show, but like really just breaking it down beat by beat, like what are we saying? It becomes fun. You know, the the rhythm within the music and hearing all of those different uh, pieces play together to sort of um, support the witch's rap is really cool. And it's a fun mm -hmm. number to start the show off with. And I literally have to, I do those words about, I run through them three times before I get on stage. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have more with Patina right after the break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, here's more with the actor, Patina Miller. You mentioned, of course, that you know that you're deeply familiar with Sondheim's work as well. Is there, is there anything in his work that has been particularly meaningful 
uh, for you? And what, what do you really respond to um, in his work in general? I think the text for me, it's always going to come back to the text. It's almost like he, he knew before any of us knew, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. his ability to craft lyric and how the lyric, how the music supports the lyric and how those things can also play against one another. So, you know, his music is not the easiest. Let me just tell you that. I was just yeah. talking with Stephanie J. Block and Sebastian who are coming into the show yeah. last night. And we were like, this, this shit is hard. Like this is <laughs> not easy. And we've all done this, right? Like right. we, we do this for a living, but this music, it can be intimidating. But I think once you understand the whole method behind it, once you understand what he's trying to say and how so genius the orchestration is in the music that supports the lyrics, yeah. it just opens up this yeah. whole world of possibilities of what you as a performer can bring to the material. And, you know, I, for me, I don't work in a place where like it has to be perfect, but understanding note for note, what happens in the orchestra, what lyric is on, why he chose grope. Like, you know, some of the mm -hmm. rhythms of like, okay, grope, you have to cope. Just like that finale, the lessons, the things at the end of the show, children will listen. There's so many lyrics in there. Like if you don't leave the theater and there's not one lyric that you could like really like resonate with, I don't know. There's literally something for everyone yeah. Yeah. in this show. Is there another show of Sondheim's that you uh, would would want to do in the future? <laughs> People always ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'd love to do Sweeney Todd. Why not? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, Sunday in the Park with George, I think, is another one. Um, you know, I, I, those are all now just being able to sit with his music and feeling feeling like I'm in a place, I'm older, more experienced, more world experience. I really tap into the lyrics in a different way. And so yeah. shows and roles that I never thought that mm, mm, I wouldn't be into or understand, I I could see a way in there. So mm -hmm. I would say Sweeney Todd or Sunday in the Park with George, because uh, I can't even talk George, because they're yeah. both, those are both incredible shows too. Yeah. You are back on Broadway for the first time in a little while. It's been a few years since uh, since we've seen you on the Broadway stage. Are you how are you enjoying being back in the in the in the community? I am having the time of my life. Every more every night before I walk out on stage, I just look up and I thank God and I just take it all in because it's my first love. It's what I've always wanted to do. Being a, not just being a performer, but being a part of you know, the Broadway community and being on a stage and knowing that like, I dreamt of this for so long and I worked so hard to get to this place to come back after eight years away. And listen, I left on a high note. I left doing something that I really loved doing. You know, Pippin was transformative in everything that you can want. And you want to keep having those kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. And so to be back here eight years later, working not only on a fantastic show, working with incredible people in front of and behind um, the curtain backstage to experience this audience and get to to be in this thing, doing it at this time with these incredible audiences that we've been having. I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect. I pinch myself all the time. You know, it's like, you know, you live every day like it's your last and you, I'm so fulfilled 
doing this and I'm having the time of my life. So much so that I'm continuing while doing a TV show. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a sense of how Broadway has changed over the last eight years since you were last on it? Um, yeah, I think there is more of, it seems to be that there's more commitment to really this inclusiveness and this diversity that we talked about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, being a, being a, a, an actor of color uh, in the business before has seemed very, it's been very hard. I won't lie, you know, being a performer of color and no matter, you know, Tony, no Tony, being, being a woman like, you know, it was a different world. And so to now be in this place where you actually feel like you see yourself reflected in work and that there is this, this thing now where people are actually listening and they're not just saying it. You know, I can't speak for other shows, but there definitely seems like a shift. There also seems to be this alliance, these, you know, people coming together, creating these initiatives. There's so many initiatives now where we're not going back to the old Broadway, right? Like there's so, we're, everyone's at the table now. And, you know, for me, that feels really great, you know, to show up at the Tony Awards this year and not feel like weird was great to see Ariana DeBose, you know, hosting the tone. That's a huge, huge thing, yeah. right? To walk and look around the room and see everyone reflected, celebrating theater, that, that for me was what, what excited me the most is that young kids now will see themselves can actually have the dream that one day that is attainable for them because they see themselves reflected black, white, you know, gay, straight, whatever that we, there's a place. And that's what theater should be. And now more than ever, it feels like, yeah, okay. We have a lot of work to do. It is not done. You know, we have to continue to hold people accountable for that. But just on my show alone, working with our DEI advisor, you know, to have those sessions, to feel supported as a company, as a as a as an artist of color, to have a space where we can talk about everything. We didn't have that before. So there's been a lot of changes and a lot of good changes. Yeah. 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 Uh, you mentioned that you're enjoying it so much that uh, you're going to continue doing it. Uh, while working on a TV show, um, and you're going to be sharing the role of the witch with Montego Glover. Um, yeah. well, can you tell me a little bit about uh, kind of what you enjoy about, because you spent the last several years working in TV. What do you enjoy about TV work and how how does how is the craft different or similar to what you do on stage? I mean, listen, I, I think the craft is it is different because it's a different medium. But I think, you know, acting is the same whether you're in theater or not storytelling the storytelling is the same right but for me being able to sit with a character for an extended amount of time and you know you don't know where your character is going and so there's a journey and as an actor it's super exciting to get material to get the text you know these scripts and find things out over an extended amount of time like i just said and play with that and it's it's really it's fun. It's fun to do that kind of thing because you never know where it's going. I mean, you know, you think you know your character and then you get the script, the sixth script, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, so it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And you are playing a particularly powerful and dynamic character in uh, Raising Canaan, which is now, so it's airing its second season right now, and you're about yes. to start shooting your third season. The third season, is that right? Yes. Um, what can you tell us about what's coming up for Rock? Anything? 
<laughs> it's a lot. You know, Rock has his there it's been very polarizing these last two episodes of season two. The stakes are higher. There's so much more to lose now that she actually is in power. She has the power that she's wanted. And as a woman in this world, she has to be on her toes even more. You know, she's definitely very much ambitious. She's not comfortable just being where she is. She's always looking ahead. And so with that comes a lot of obstacles. Her business is great, but her home life with her son could not be more worse. Mm. And it's navigating that tricky relationship while trying to build something for the entire family. So it's going to get a little sticky. There's been a lot of things that she's done that people don't agree with, but um, it's going to be exciting. Is there an overlap at all for you with the witch and her sort of focus on motherhood and, and rock and raising Canaan and her uh, focus on motherhood? No, they too... question. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. question. I didn't plan this. I didn't like the universe. Like, I don't even know what happened with the universe and like putting me in these two roles, you know, mm. like they could not be more like in, 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 in so many cool ways, so many mm. awesome ways. And they're totally different as well. But, you know, there are these damaged, these special relationships. And, you know, the witch is fighting for this thing with Rapunzel and Raquel is fighting to hold on to her son, who she loves more than anything. She's made a lot of stupid mistakes and she is trying to figure it all out, you know, and it is tricky. It is so tricky. So these these two women could not be more like in that way, especially in the mothering of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since you're enjoying being back so much, are you looking forward to being back on Broadway so much? Are you looking forward to maybe doing more theater stuff in the future, more regularly? I I, I don't I don't know about more regularly. We'll see. Mm. With my tea, I'm having a great time um, yeah. on my show. I, I think it's a role of a lifetime for me, creatively, um, being on Raising Canaan right now, and so just where we are in the world with, you know strong, powerful women and three-dimensional complex characters. I think I have the good fortune of, of being in one of those. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that through. Now on the off season, theater is my plot. Like theater is where I learned so much. Mm. And, and it's where I, I am fulfilled, right? Where I go and I get what I need. That was Patina Miller, now starring on Broadway in Into the Woods. You can also catch her on Season 2 of Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, currently airing on Stars. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about Stagecraft. Or give us a shout-out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe at all the pod purveyors, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. Until next episode, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.